Games rated E to T. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we talk about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, our favorite fighting games, and more. My name is Chris Slate. Joining me today are JC Rodrigo from Nintendo Treehouse and Toph, who many of you will know as both a player and a commentator from the Super Smash Bros. Melee competitive scene. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, what's up, Chris? It's really a pleasure to be here. Uh, I was telling him when I was a kid, for many, many years, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power. So being on the podcast is like really kind of a dream come true for me. Wow. So you're so you're totally fanboying out right now. Is that what I'm <laughs> Yeah, more or less. If you could see this laugh, guys, he's, he's fanboying and I kind of like it. We're off to a good start already. Um, <laughs> and we're going to start with pros picks as we always do. Um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite games that we've been playing recently. But this time I want to put a, a bit of a twist on it with both you guys here. I also want to add in what is our favorite fighting game of all time. All right. So Toph, we're going to start with you, a game you've been enjoying lately and your favorite all-time fighting game game i've been enjoying lately um i gotta give it to celeste uh Mm. which is available on nintendo switch uh and um yeah like this actually ties into my answer for favorite fighting game but yeah celeste is really really cool because uh more than just kind of the like the story and the visuals and everything coming together really cohesively it's a game that feels really really good to just move around in like the uh, the the abilities you have as a character are just they they feel really really free, which is something I personally really value in video games, um, and that's exactly the reason uh, kind of segueing in my answer for favorite fighting game, uh, my favorite fighting game of all time is actually Super Smash Brothers Melee, uh, which is a game that's kind of captivated me because um, just like in Celeste, there's like really really crazy movement options, and you can really like master your character and move around like a like a speedrunner in in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I was totally addicted to Celeste for mm-hmm. for a long time, and and um, you know we we're talking before we started recording. There are certain games where I've I was so into it, and I got right up to the to a certain spot and stopped. And Celeste, I am currently I'll just say paused in my play right before the final unlockable challenge. I've done everything else, which I never thought I would be able to do. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got to get back to that and try to to finish it up. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. JC, what about you? Me. Uh... Let's see. I'm really stuck on Octopath Traveler right now. I can't really play much else. Much else. I'm just, I know, I'm just enamored. Everything. The music, the graphics, the way that things come together. The battle system is really clever. So I'm kind of on that in the middle of like, I think I finished all the chapter two ones. I'm like kind of just started the chapter three um, story story bits for all the characters. So I'm there. Um, and yeah, I'm super addicted. That's all I play right now. Um, that and Fortnite, of course. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Bill got me into Fortnite and became a boss. So <laughs> Um, yeah, so they got me into Fortnite. We have a group of Treehouse people playing, and we all play Fortnite together. So I got a squad with you guys. You you should. You totally should. But don't be don't be. You gotta buy the season pass, man. You can't mm-hmm. just go in there standard gear. You gotta come out dancing fresh with the, <laughs> the orange justice and more. Um, so as far as favorite fighting game, um, that's actually kind of tough. Uh, I think I'd have to give this one to, yep, Super Street Fighter Two Super Turbo, uh, specifically mm-hmm. Super Turbo. Um, arcade version so that one that's kind of where i learned all my fighting game fundamentals and just learning how to get beat and like like getting beat and you know appreciate the fact of what losing teaches you and how to deal with loss and 
you know, how to get better at something and understand that, you know, the journey is the goal and there's no end point in sight. Uh, and having that kind of mentality going forward and learning other games really helped a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Fighting games really have that, like, aspect to it where if you play, like, a team game or, uh, like, a, you know, it's it's different when it's one-on-one -on -one because if you lose, you have no one to blame but yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of learn how to take punches and keep going. Um, I was going to say I, I have been bumping the Octopath Traveler soundtrack at work. Uh, I ha it's, it's on my, like, to-do list or, you know, like, to playlist, but I haven't quite gotten around to it yet. But, yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. It is super good. I'm a huge fan of soundtracks. And, like, yeah, Octopath Traveler soundtrack, it's pretty beefy. I think there's, like, four discs or something oh, like yeah. that. And uh, I, yeah, I'm actually holding off because I don't want to spoil a song before I actually get to it in the game. Uh, so I'm, like, being very careful about only playing disc one. And that's the only thing I have on my on my phone and my, my media player. It's all I got. That's admirable. <laughs> actually, I, I don't have that kind of... I don't know. I don't have that kind of restraint. And you just yeah. got to try if you really want to surprise yourself, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's see. The game that I've been playing the most lately, that's a pretty recent game, is Iconoclasts, and that's available in Nintendo eShop. And uh, I feel like this has slipped under a lot of people's radar, but I was blown away when I played it. You know, I love a lot of old school 8-bit and 16-bit style games um, that still, you know, actually play like modern games, so you get the best of both worlds. And this one to me felt like a Metroid-style action-adventure game. It's got 16-bit-style graphics, um, really deep story and great characters, and including some pretty, I got to say, some pretty shocking moments that really took me by surprise at how deep and kind of real they were. Because um, on the surface, it just feels like a happy-go-lucky, you know, pastel-y kind of um, action game. But it gets pretty weighty, and I really like that. Um, lots of hidden stuff, like 20 boss fights. Um, so I think people should definitely check that out if they're into those types of games. Iconoclast? Yeah, Iconoclast. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. I think it's also a game that's one of those that was made by one person over many years, and Ooh. I just can't wrap my head around how they did that because it's as polished and as like feature-packed as any of any great old Super NES game. Yeah, right. effort. Lots of effort. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah lots of time. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Yeah, it's like a cave story, one of those. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And then, um, and then my favorite fighting game... Um, I guess I would pick uh, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. And unlike you, you guys, you know, I am very much. I've played a lot of fighting games. I played a lot of Smash Brothers, mm -hmm. but um, I've never really gotten that great at it. Like I'm fine against the computer or whatever, but I haven't had a chance to really practice in, in with with a lot of other people in a competitive way. So well, how I really enjoy these games are primarily um, as you know, celebrations of Nintendo gaming and gaming in general, and just I love seeing all the characters together, digging into all the the assist trophies and all the unlockables. So with, with that in mind, I mean, um, at least until Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes out, the last version of Super Smash Brothers I felt had the most kind of diverse cast of characters and things like that. So I just love getting into all that, you know, and playing it to the level that I, I can. Yeah. And I keep yeah. thinking with the next game, that's going to be the one where I finally break through and, and build up those skills. So we'll see. Yeah. I, um, I definitely like really love that period of, uh, well, we're in it right now with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate where, um, like, in terms of, like, oh, what's going to be in this game? Because I remember back when I was in, in college and, like, the Super Smash Brothers Brawl, uh, you know, sort of announcements were coming out. And it was like, oh, my God, like, what what is going to be in this game? You know, because, I mean, for a while when we were playing Super Smash Bros. Melee, uh, we didn't, like, know if there was going to be a next game. And, yeah, like, being in that period, I think, of, like, the character reveals, you know, week after week uh, is is super hype. So, yeah, it's cool that we're sort of in that right now. 
All right, well, next I want to get into Warp Zone, which is the uh, the monthly quiz we have where we talk about games that came out 10, 20, and 30 years ago. Mm. All right, so uh, I'm going <laughs> to give you guys some clues and see uh, test your, your legacy game knowledge here. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yep, I'm good. What uh, is the, How does this work? Is there a, There's no buzzer. Nope, just blurt it out. Okay. Blurt it out. So either one of us could just, yeah. Absolutely. Whoever answers first. Oh, my God. Okay, All right. let's do it. I'll give Toph the gentleman's clause where I will always let you go first because you're a guest here. <laughs> I will well, say I mean, that. I will say wait until all the uh, the clues have been sure. delivered. Okay. All right, here we go. So this is 10 years ago, August 2008. The clues are Nintendo published this Wii game, which added motion controls to our national pastime and had one of the deepest benches of any Mario spinoff, including Funky Kong and King K. Rool. Any guesses? I'm pointing at Toph. Uh, Mario Tennis. My guess? Uh-huh. Uh... Let me see. I'm guessing it'd be Mario Super Sluggers. That's right. Mario Super oh, Sluggers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, okay. Maybe, okay. It's, maybe it's not fair because I think I helped with that project. So, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think the actually, actually stacked against you, Tom. I was, I like, was Wait thinking, a minute. like, King Carol wasn't in Mario Tennis, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's Wasn't kinda, that, the, that was the right time frame. It's funny is you didn't screen these questions with me. This might be a little unfair because this, yeah. I actually <laughs> helped with that project. So I'm like, oh, that's a little unfair. Right, 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 right. right. Sorry, mm-hmm. I should have told you something before, Chris. Well, my the, bad. The fix is in, and we'll see how it goes over with the next one. 20 years ago, August of 1998, Crystal Dynamics developed this N64 action game that spoofs popular movies while you bounce on your tail, perform flying kicks, and eat flies. And I often think of this game when I see ads for car insurance. Any guesses? Yes. Yes. I actually was just talking about this game yesterday, believe it or not. Gex? That's right. And specifically... Did you know that one? Yeah, I was was like, oh, that's good. No, you got it. That was good. Why was I talking about Gex yesterday? Okay, anyway. Specifically, it was Gex 64, Enter the Gecko. Gex 60, Enter the Gecko. That's right. Enter the Gecko. Enter the Gecko. I do remember that little (laughs) subtitle. All right, last one. 30 years ago. This is August of 1988. Konami published a side-scrolling space shooter for NES that featured the Vic Viper ship from another famous NES game, and it was originally called Salamander in Japan. Any guesses? You said side-scrolling... Side-scrolling space shooter. Oh, uh, Gradius. Mm -hmm. Ooh, gosh. I have the image in my head. I just don't know what it's called. Because I remember it as as in Saramanda, which is Uh the the Japanese title. Jeez, I oh gosh, it's like super funky. They had like giant floating heads, and it was really colorful. <laughs> I remember this. I I played. It. I just don't remember what it's called. Oh, is it not? It has like you can even have like a power up that has like a fist on it, like a punt, like a punching thing. Like it, it's got to be that. You know, is I'm it just, not okay? Well, I'm, I'm I'm sticking with my answer because I know that's where Vic Viper was from. But if you're saying featured Vic Viper, yeah, I would consider this game maybe a side sequel, a spinoff yeah. to Gradius. I oh I gosh. um. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I know exactly what. <sighs> okay, I can't. I don't know the name of it. I really don't. All right, I'm gonna say it, and then you guys will just, you know, you'll, you'll remember and kick yourselves. Yeah. Life Force. Oh my. God. Oh wow. <laughs> Life Force. That's right. And the Japanese name was Saramanda. Yeah. Saramanda. Yeah, that's right. I Life Force. Is is Salamander the name of like the main ship? Like, or honestly, I have no idea. I don't remember the story. Yeah, me neither, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't play it. So I have to go look this up now. Yeah. But still, pretty good showing, you guys. Okay, one for two. <laughs> or one yeah. for three. Yeah. All right, so next on, we're moving to Player's Pulse. Um, 
leading up to uh, the recording of this episode, we asked uh, you guys on Twitter to send in uh, any questions you had about fighting games or about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm -hmm. um, and we got pretty much 99.99% Super Smash Brothers Ultimate questions, so we're really going to get into it here. Um, so first off, um, we had a lot of questions about Echo Fighters. And uh, people um, wanted some, wanting some clarification there. For example, Zash asks, what classifies a character as an Echo Fighter? Because as we have seen with Krom, he could have a couple of different properties and moves to his original counterpart. And then HK followed up with, uh, why exactly are characters like Dr. Mario and Young Link not considered Echo Fighters? Mm. So, JC, do you think you could uh, share some, uh, spread some extra light on that? Yeah, um, you know, generally when it comes to an Echo Fighter, like 90, 95% of their stuff is the same, whether it's a moveset or the way the character handles or something like that. I mean, it's going to be mostly the same. Um, so I guess, should we take one? What's, what, are the, what was the first example there? It's a Dr. Mario and Young Link, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. So let's just start with Mario and Dr. Mario, right? Yeah. Um, even you know this, like in, uh, the reason why Mario and Dr. Mario are so different, their utility is different, right? Dr. Mario hits harder, his launch trajectory off his forward air and other things like that make him different because you have to use him differently. He's a bit heavier, he hits a bit harder, right? There's there's a couple of other differences that are so different enough that they're technically not an Echo Fighter because of the utility and how you use the tools that that character has. Um, whereas something like, let's say, uh, what, was the, what was the other one? Oh, um, they asked about, uh, you know, Krom, for example, or, um, you know, some other examples might be uh, Daisy and Princess Peach. Mm. So with something like Daisy or Princess Peach, uh, you know, Daisy does have a couple differences, but it's mostly like thematic and cosmetic. Uh, but majority of the characters are the same, vast majority of the characters are the same. Then they would be considered an Echo Fighter. For Echo Fighters. Mm -hmm. It really seems like a certain degree there. Like if there's some, some minor changes is one thing, but if you really dramatically affect the way a character performs and plays and the way you would approach a fight with that character, then that kind of moves beyond Echo Fighter, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wouldn't also put it out of the realm to see that, you know, uh, you saw Krom do his up B and it's re not reminiscent of Roy, although the rest of his moveset is very similar to Roy. His, uh, his up special is not that, right? Mm -hmm. It's very similar to Ike. So yes, you will see some changes and it just depends per character. So looking forward to people finding out what those changes are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting how, like, for some of the characters in the Smash Brothers series cast, so, like, you look at um, Mario and Dr. Mario, or, like, for example, in Super Smash Brothers Melee, Fox and Falco, where back then they had really, really similar movesets. Um, so, like, for example, Falco's reflector back then looked pretty much cosmetically exactly the same as Fox's. But then as the series progressed, you know, they kind of, like, developed their own sort of differences. So where to now, they wouldn't, you know, you would you would look at them and say, yeah, they're clearly not, Clearly, wouldn't be Echo Fighters anymore. Yeah, so it's just kind of just kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you'll probably see that a lot in game development too, where you know if there is a character that's nearby. I mean, think about the development of Mario and Luigi over the years, right? <laughs> like right. Luigi's a whole different beast. He's not just some like recoloring of way back. Yeah, uh, he started as, as like literally just a recolor. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, having having said that, uh, you know the those characters will change over time, and I think that's part of the fun. It's just mm -hmm. seeing where they go and how different they actually become. Great. All right. Well, the next question, uh, actually, next set of questions um, are about the competitive scene. Um, Bear asks, what's the best way for people to get into the competitive scene? And and Tris asks a similar question. Would you say that the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, that that game upon release would be a good way to try out the competitive scene a bit? Any tips for getting into it and giving it a shot? So I think this is great for both of you. Toph, we'll start with you. What's you know, what's a good way to get into the competitive scene? And do you see Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as a maybe a fresh opportunity for, for new people to get started? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, like, so the, you know, the 
Super Super Smash Brothers for Wii U like competitive scene was really really big. Um, and I mean, there's no real like one one way to do it. So like, I remember when Super Smash Brothers Brawl was getting big. So Ally, who's like kind of a household name now in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, he was like you know, I guess probably primarily known for his Mario. But back in Brawl, he was like a top snake player. I guess he kind of diversified later on. But I remember when he was first getting good and getting to that level where people were like, whoa, this guy is like one of the best in the world. He was primarily known as like an online warrior. So like he would just grind Wi-Fi matches. That was like his thing. And um, he was the really like the, the first example of someone who got really good at Super Smash Brothers, um, mo mainly playing Wi-Fi. And that was, like, kind of unheard of back then because Super Smash Bros. Brawl was the first entry in the series to, like, have an online um, mode at all. Um, I would say that – so there's that. And then there's also just, like – I think that, like, there's more and more video content online now with, like – with regards to, like, how the pros, like, fight and, like, what they do. So I think a very common route is just, like, you get together with your friends and, you know, at someone's house or whatever. And you just play, like, you know, versus them and you, like – Typically, you know, you're focusing on one character that, you know, that you're trying to get really good at. And then you can go online and, like, look up videos of, like, okay, the best player of my character. Like, what are they doing? And, oh, like, my friend was, you know, beating me in this situation over and over. Like, maybe I'm getting juggled in the air by, like, Rosalina or something. And I'm having a really hard time getting down. Something like that, right? So it's like, okay, well, what do, like, top players do to get in, to get around that situation? So you can go and, like, look up videos and, like, figure out how to do that. Um, yeah, I'd say that's like how most people get started. Like there's so much video content now of like, like the pro scene and like what pros are doing that it's, it's, um, it's like, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's way easier, I think, to get good now than it used to be back in the day when you just had to research everything yourself. Wow. That's a, that's actually kind of interesting to hear you say that, you know, starting with Ally and how they got started and like, you know, thinking about pro players and where like kind of their pedigree and other note, you can start with the name like Ally because people know generally who they are if you're if you pay attention to that particular scene right but from my experience it's it's really weird how i got into this whole thing when i first got uh you know got hit with the project like hey we're gonna you know there's a new super smash Brothers game called super smash Brothers for wii u and 3ds i'm like okay it's like you're gonna take the project and i remember having this talk and i said okay i need um i like smash brothers but i don't fully understand like the scope of it and so i started to research everything you know everything from the you know the video series that samox did for like the smash Bros. documentary um, i researched the local stuff near me and what it meant to get into the scene quote um to me there's different ways to approach it because you know because i was in this position to, to manage this project i needed to know how people were playing and why they were playing and so as i started to kind of learn about the scene and why people go to tournaments it's really weird because the I always thought to myself before I went to the tournament, okay, I got to go there to win. I have to practice and be good enough to, you know, to not go zero and two and just like, take two losses and leave. Mm. I was so worried about everything, so I was so stressed. And then it dawned on me that when I got there, everyone was super friendly. Everyone understood that you were new. I didn't even know how to stage strike anything when I sat down. Ah. There was a guy named TLTC who um, who taught me what stage striking was. And he was a really good Palutena player. I mean, I think he's probably one of the best in uh -huh. like, the world. And, you know, before he proceeded to completely body me, like, he still sat down and gave me the time and, and did that. And everyone I found was super helpful. So if anyone is out there thinking to themselves, you know, am I ready to go to a tournament? Do I need to prepare or anything like that? Or to get into the competitive scene? Just go. 
you know, I, I ended up going, uh, you know, I went for the game, but what I did was I really stayed just to hang out with you guys and hang out with right. people in the community. Cause that was, that was the best. And even just through hanging with you guys, you know, the development of your skills will slowly be there. That is part of it. Yes. You'll get better. You just have to keep practicing with purpose. Right. And what better way to do that than by hanging out with other people that are also playing the game. So I was far less concerned about doing well in a tournament or in a, you know, just getting to the scene as in just doing it myself. A couple yeah. weeks later, I started having people over we were, we were playing smash and that's all it took is just, just don't worry about it. Just go, just worry about having a good time and the rest will follow. Yeah. There's, there's never like uh, a large aspect to like going to smash brothers tournaments where it's like, yeah, the, the competition's there, but it's also just like the social aspect. Like, oh, totally. It's like you, you meet a lot of friends going to these things. I'd say that like most regions in the country now, like, or I mean, or I guess depending where you are in the world, like, yeah, like most regions have like a tournament scene and you can like go online and kind of, you know, figure out where they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And JC, you were telling me even if there's no established tournament scene, you can maybe kick something off yourself. Yeah, that was um, like I, I learned legends about this thing called like Pat's house. Is that is that is that yeah, for real? Yeah. It was like literally a house, right? Yeah. And people yeah. would have tournaments at this dude's house with his like family there and stuff, right? Yep, yep, yeah. That was in uh, that was in San Diego, and that was a uh, that was a big thing for like the Super Smash Brothers melee community. Like, um, I mean, this would have been like close to ten years ago now. Uh, and it, you know, to, to sort of like, I mean, to pay tribute to Pat's house, they actually started a tournament series at like more established venues called the Pat's house series. But yeah, the original Pat's house was literally this dude's house. Yeah. So, I mean, that goes to show, right? Do you, do you really need to wait for something? I mean, you could totally start one on your own and so what you have a bunch of people yeah. ready to play the game with you. What else, what else is there to it? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I have a follow-up question that, that goes back to something I think you guys touched on a little bit earlier, but Lil Red asks, how do you keep things civil when playing a highly competitive game like Super Smash Brothers, or is mm. civility an impossibility in these situations? No, you know, okay, so this is actually, this is funny because I sort of observed, okay, so that's actually one of the beautiful things about going to tournaments and like playing, you know, like high profile or high stakes matches is that you sort of develop that. Like, okay, when I was in, middle school and high school when I was growing up and I did some sports like that was one of the first things they taught you was like how to you know sportsmanship like when you when you whether you win or you lose you know you know you say good game shake their hand um and it's funny because when I play other games these days that aren't like competitive games I don't really get mad at them um because I think that like from going to Smash Brothers tournaments and like sort of you know learning sportsmanship and learning how to not like be a jerk you know when you lose or when you win like uh, it makes you a lot more resilient to like, yeah, moments like that, I guess. And so it almost, I almost think it's funny. Like some people get really worked up over like casual games. Okay. So like, for example, great examples, I play Overcooked and I'm really, I think I'm really good at like not getting mad at like the other teammates when I'm playing Overcooked. Good job, Tove. <laughs> because I played, I played so much like Super Smash Brothers and like had these like heartbreaking sets that like, I can't get mad at a game like Overcooked anymore. It's like, you know, like... I've been in much more, like you said, like serious situations where it's like, oh, I like blew a tournament set and it was really close and I felt really awful about it. And I had to shake this guy's hand. Um, I actually think that, yeah, you learn a lot about just like how to be, uh, you know, how to have good sportsmanship just from playing tournament matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just something that every player picks up. Good advice. Well, before we move on from the competitive um, discussion, I wanted to, because uh, I think you were both at Evo this year, right? Yep. Just wanted oh, yeah. to ask what that scene was like and, and how it went down this year. And also, if you see any kind of uh, particular to this year's show, see any trends showing up? 
Yeah. Do you, do you want to start? Sure. Um, when I was at Evo this year, you know, I was kind of helping run the booth. We did a little bit of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate sampling there. You know, we did an exhibition on Friday night on the main stage with Evo um, and helping try to keep under wraps with the production company, that little 15 second teaser right before grand finals. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Toph, because I totally know what happened in the back and I was prepping the video. And then I hear a guy named Chris who was running in the back going, <clears throat> so are we going to are we going to tell them what's going on? Like, uh, <laughs> That was a very good Chris that was a, impression. That was a different Chris. It was a different, different not, Chris. not you, Chris. It was a different <laughs> right. Chris. Yeah. But he was, you know, and I said, no, we're not going to say anything. He goes, okay. And he said, we're just going to move forward with that. And another guy was like, are you you're just not going to say anything? Yeah. Tell him it's like a thank you video. All right. And so they haven't seen it before. And then when they saw the video to preview to make sure the file works, uh, Seg or Chris, he was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> Okay, um, and he kind of didn't know what to do for a hot second. He's like, "Okay, I understand what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah, don't tell him anything." And so that's why you guys are surprised on the mic. Um, I don't know if there's any video reaction of you guys doing seeing that, but anyway. Um, and, and just to be clear, that was the video announcing the the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct. Announcing the Direct. Announcing yes, that, it was that a little bit. On- yeah earlier this month in August. Yeah, that's correct. It was uh, pre-announcing that Direct, and you know, it's funny is we never actually did it. Um, we've never really pre-announced a Direct like that outside of a Nintendo official like own channel, it's not not normal. Uh, but, you know, after a couple of discussions, we were able to pull that off and then give it to Evo for, you know, that's a first. I don't think ever Evo's ever pre-announced a direct before. Not like, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought Evo went well. It was super fun. Uh, trends, uh, you know, the biggest trend is just people going and making sure that it's normal to go to a tournament. People think that going to tournaments is like, oh, I have to be good at a game or whatever. There's a lot of people that were there just to come out, hang out, have a great time and watch some great action on video games and just competitive. And it's it's fun to watch competitive gaming, whether you're a fan of the game or not. And I learned a lot about all the other games that were there. So, yeah, I think just people going that aren't necessarily a part of the core quote FGC or, yeah. you know, anything else. I think it's just fun to watch. Actually, the, the first two Evos I went to were 2012, sorry, 2011 and 2012. And I didn't enter any games at those because uh, there, w- there was no Super Smash Brothers uh, entry. Um, in either of those Evos, I just went to hang out and spectate. And it was super fun just to be there. So, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think a lot of the fun in tournaments is just like watching people play. Um, it's completely different than watching on, like, you know, on a stream. Uh, just being there and kind of like feeling the energy. Uh, yeah, this Evo was super, super fun. Um, I was able to commentate Super Smash Brothers Melee Top 8. Uh, it was wild. Um, a lot of upsets and like, yeah, it was, I was, I was blessed to like get to commentate a really fun Top 8. So yeah, that's pretty much like all I could ask for. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you haven't watched yet, you know, the footage is all there online, so. Yeah, and I thought you did an incredible job, by the way, Toph. The other guy that you're with forgot his Ah. name. I don't know if he was that great. Yeah, you know, I got yeah, I got to talk know. to him. You know, I got to talk. He he needs some work. That mm-hmm. uh, that that scar guy. I don't know. <laughs> Not, I don't know about him. Yeah. No, he's he's a good dude. Yeah. Scar, if you're listening, I still love you, bro. I got to make it out to next year's show, uh, especially hearing that you know more of the the uh, the open welcome to those uh, who aren't maybe necessarily you know awesome at these at these games. Want to go check it out? Um, so uh, back to um, players' pulse letters. Um, so this one comes from, we got a couple from, uh, from people who just want tips. And again, it's mm. the perfect timing to have you guys on the show. Um, this is from Saiken asks, how would you best explain neutral game and fundamentals to newcomers and how they differ in Super Smash Brothers compared to a more traditional fighting game? 
And similarly, Katie asks, any tips on how someone from a traditional fighting game like Street Fighter or Tekken could transition what they know and use it in Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, those are related questions. Okay, so like neutral game is a term that you hear a lot in fighting games, and it basically just refers to uh, when you're – so it's like in a, most typically in a 1v1 you know, kind of match. It's where neither a situ, any situation where neither player really has the advantage. So, for example, if I'm like hitting you off stage and you're trying to recover, that's not really usually referred to as playing the neutral game. That's like – you know, that's a situation where, like, I clearly have the advantage. Neutral game is, like, when we're, you know, standing, you know, both on the stage or whatever, and we're trying to hit each other, and we're trying to not get hit. Uh, and, like, in terms of, like, learning how to do that, and especially transit, or, you know, whether you're transitioning from, like, you know, more traditional 2D fighters uh, or not, I think that, like, just a lot of it is just understanding sort of your character, like, what they can do. Um, so, for example, if I play, so, okay, so, in uh, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, and probably who I'll start with when I play Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, I play Cloud. So Cloud like has a couple moves that are really really good in the neutral. Uh, for example, uh, Forward B or Forward Special um, is really really safe because I know that if I use it, even if they block it, like I'm probably not gonna get punished because it's really really fast, and I can you know continue to you know continue to do the cross slash like moves, or I can just like you know do something else, right? Like, I can block or I can move out of there. Um, versus, like, if I just, like, do a smash attack, if they block that, they can punish me. So you want to, like, kind of figure out what your character can do to throw moves out that they can't punish. So in other words, safe moves. Um, and then, obviously, you have to weigh the risk because, like, sometimes, you know, it's worth going for that big smash attack if you think it's going to hit. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's just kind of, like, understanding, like, the pros and cons of various moves in your moveset and um, yeah. And like not, not doing like also noticing like if people are catching on your habits. So for example, if you're rolling around a lot and people start like realizing you're rolling, so they start like, you know, throwing moves out, predicting where you're going to roll, then you probably want to notice that and be like, Oh, I should stop rolling. Like I should do something else in those situations. Maybe I should jump or I should just stay still and throw an attack out or something. Um, so it's kind of like noticing when people are catching on to your habits and also noticing what other people like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to like that was a really good cover on. Yeah, that's probably one of the best explanations I've ever heard of the neutral game. Thank you. <laughs> good job. Appreciate that. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I was like that was very good. Um, I guess I can talk about fundamentals. Sure. Um, yeah. So as far as fundamentals go, yeah, uh, fundamentals are pretty much the the tools that you have that allow you to damage the other person and put yourself in an advantageous position. Um, and knowing how those fundamentals work in the game, so it's even as simple as, you know. You ever wonder why someone in a game is like, oh, they're doing this move, it's so cheap, right? Mm. You ever wonder why it's working and what you're not doing to Mm. change yourself? That's a fundamental that you're misunderstanding. Uh, So, for example, um, in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate or whatever Smash Brothers game, it doesn't matter. um, If you run up and throw someone, down throw, they, you know, they hit, it's a down throw to some whatever attack, and they keep getting you with that down throw. The question is, you're probably either A, blocking too much because that's the right read for the, that, that's what you're supposed to do when you see someone blocking you throw them um or if uh you know or you're just putting yourself in positions where you're not defending right in front of you to cause that that leaves you open for throws so you always have to ask yourself the question when you're thinking about fundamentals is what is the right basic move to to use in that situation so um, it could be anything if someone if you ever think something is cheap uh, you've probably encountered uh, a fundamental that you're not using it's a pretty easy telltale sign um, so it's really good to know that, you know, uh, 
what works over what situation, how to get around shields, how to get around a certain particular hit. If something is safe, what are your options after you shield something? Is, is it still safe after the shield? What are they taking and, you know, learning to read, and which is also part of playing the neutral game, but also reading um, is also a big part of fundamental, you know, fundamental fighting games in general. It's just, if you know the other person's gonna go in for a throw, you know, you can short hop attack neutral air and back it up and that'll that'll neutralize a throw. Um, yeah. And if you throw at the exact same time, you can tech a throw now uh, right. in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So it just depends on what your options are and what you want to take, but you should know what your options are and that's knowing your fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, before we get out of kind of the, the, the tips category here, Tups asks, how well do hits connect uh, into each other for combos? Uh, I think um, I think they're asking specifically about Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate. Mm -hmm. Is it like other Smash games, or is it different because of the new knockback? I don't know how much you can get into those details, but I think everybody has noticed that the new knockback is is has changed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been interesting because you know in the E3 version that people are playing right now and that they're seeing publicly, it's um, yeah the knockback is really far. They change the parameters of how far someone flies, how fast they fly based on their percentage. The weight of the characters is also a bit different which means maybe the combos you're used to won't work. But I guarantee you that there are combos that you haven't thought of that'll, all, that'll probably connect that people aren't thinking about. Um, and so I think that's also part of game development too, is knowing that the E3 build was made in you know June, it was released in June, and here we are sitting with ourselves in August, and the game has, I'll tell you, the game has changed a lot, and it will continue to change. So am I seeing more combo ability? Absolutely. Mm. Um, but it's shifting per character every week. I see tweaks to things. I'm just like, how does that work? Why is that doing that? Now? Oh, that's why it's working that way. So, you know, even as we get more and more into development, we'll eventually come out with the day one version, I'm sure, uh, that'll have a bunch of combos that people thought that worked in the E3 version, and all of a sudden they don't, and they're going to have to figure some new stuff out. So that's part of the part of the fun. So... As speaking for combo ability, yes, there will be combos. Mm -hmm. And you will have to find out new ones because I'm sure some of the ones you think work now probably won't work later. I remember the the Super Smash Brothers um, for Wii U build like from the E3 versions. This was like 2014. Yeah, I remember there were big changes from the from the E3 build to like what actually came out. So yeah, I'm sure even if you like said stuff now, it's probably not, it wouldn't even matter because- No, it won't. Yeah, stuff just changes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's part of the fun of developing, you know, especially how deep, you know, Super Smash Brothers as a series is. I mm -hmm. mean, it'll keep, it'll keep changing, and people will, people will have to adapt. And I do think you, that's that's key. I, I'm curious. I'm just going to ask. You know, feel free to just be like, no, I can't talk about it. But sure. like, do you know if the? Because um, I'm curious myself. Do you know if like the, the general, like you said, like the knockback parameters, like the general knockback, like universal across all characters, has that been tweaked at all too since E3? How dare you ask that question? <laughs> How dare you? No. Um, uh, I will say that each, uh, just the formulas in general, they're always messing with it. I mean, it's just part of oh, game okay, dev, okay. right? So, I mean, even the same character that used to fly a certain direction off of a certain move, it's it's not the same from from week to week. Sometimes from it'll stay the same for a month, and all of a sudden the whole thing changes. So um, that's hmm. part of game dev. So yeah. I would expect a lot a lot of that to change. But uh, day one, I will always call it day one, is where you know people finally get their hands on it and they can see what day one looks. Yeah. All right. We'll look forward to that. And, and uh, just to close out the um, the questions, um, we have just a few, I guess we'll call this a lightning round, just a, a couple here. Uh, one of my favorite, sorry, this is from PSI user 658. One of my favorite features of the Super Smash Brothers games has always been the huge library and legacy of music from many Nintendo generations. If you could choose a favorite song, what would it be? Oh, 
Favorite song in available in any Super Smash Brothers? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go with um, uh, in Super Smash Brothers Melee. It is the on it alternate theme, uh, and I believe the name of that track is what is it? It's from Mother. Yeah, I can't remember. That song. No, no, no. Do that again. I didn't. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, Sing it one more time. No, there's a. It's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's on an alternate in Super Smash Bros. Melee. It made it into uh, Brawl 2. Might even be in. But yeah. I don't remember what the name There's like a name of it on the soundtrack. Ah, oh, whatever. That's It'll okay. pop into your head on the way home. Yeah, I know. And then you're just going to be like, oh, I should have said it. Like, that's okay. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. All right. Well, uh, mine, you know, it's, again, I love this series primarily as just a celebration of all these other Nintendo franchises I've loved for so long. So I really could pick so many different songs, but because they've been on um, uh, my mind lately, I'm going to go with a few songs from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate that have been actually put on the um, smashbrothers.com website as they've been releasing samples from U-Tracks regularly. And of course, the, the one character I, I that had been at the top of my wish list forever um, uh, for this series was Simon Belmont. So I love mm-hmm. the uh, the Bloody Tears Monster oh, Dance oh, yeah. track that that uh, <laughs> that debuted, and you can listen to all that one. And the next two I'm going to mention, you can listen to at the, yeah. the side now. Also, um, the Galaga medley, but similar to the the Bloody Tears track, it's just I love that retro old school kind of uh, music reimagined, and especially when it's still kind of you can hear the retro roots in it. I really love that. And also um, the Galaga medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Galaga medley is pretty. Dope. The um I. I was going to, when you're done, I just circle back to me because I just thought of something. You just put a spark of thought in my head. Oh, well, my last one really quick is just Gang, Gangplank Galleon. Uh, ah, yeah. Oh, the one that course. was played during the King, uh, King K. 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 Rule reveal. It's such Story a good track. I was going to say, uh, first of all, I thought of the name of the track. It's Pollyanna. It's oh, a song okay. from Mother. Yeah, it's oh, from the Pollyanna. first Pollyanna. I do remember It's that called one. Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, it's not something you would immediately know. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's and a hard because Because you remind me of like third-party songs that are in Smash Brothers. Uh Snake Eater, because Snake Eater oh, is in. Oh, it's uh, right. It is. That song is so, so good. I gotta, I gotta say Snake Eater. It's just. It's like <laughs> it's, that's it. That's the answer. It's so good, dude. The lyrics. <laughs> it's oh. just a great song. There's no getting around it. That's true. You know, if I had to pick one though, like if I really honestly had to pick one, yeah. And this is being super selfish here, but like, I do like some of the Street Fighter themes, um, just because oh, yeah. there's some of the remixes in there. So uh, I will probably say. Giles theme because it goes with everything. Ah, okay. Yeah. As soon as you like reminded me, like, oh yeah, you could go with like third party stuff. I was like, oh, there's a lot of answers. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, similar to that question, Gravity the Ghost asks, "What is your favorite Super Smash Brothers stage to go on when you're having a serious match and when you're just having fun?" Mm. Uh, I'll pick. Okay, I'll pick Super Smash Brothers Melee stages. Um, you could pick like Ultimate. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. My favorite stage when it's if it's a serious match. Probably Pokemon Stadium. It's really good for my character. I play Fox. Uh, I just love... I think Pokemon Stadium is so sick. And some people don't like how it transforms into, like, you know, the rock version and the fire version, the water version. Uh, I love the transformations. I know they really heavily favor my character. Um, So I'm not exactly unbiased. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I think Pokemon Stadium is super duper dope. Uh, And it's also kind of rare because in you see a lot of... If you watch a lot of, like, tournament Smash Bros... uh, the um, a lot of the stages with the platforms have like the three platforms where it'll be like two side platforms and a top platform. Pokemon Stadium is kind of unique because it has the two side platforms but no top platform, and no other stage actually really plays like the mm. same way. Um, in terms of like stages to just have fun on, um, man, ever since the old days, it's got to be Hyrule Temple. Uh, Hyrule Temple and Super Smash Brothers Melee, and I made it into Brawl as well. 
you know, and it's kind of been a staple in the series. Uh, it was like that first like really big stage where it was like, whoa, like because Super Smash Super Smash Brothers sixty four didn't really have any stage that quite had um like that much room to to fight in. Uh and like every different area on the stage fights so different and like uh yeah, you could just survive to like insane percents when you're fighting down in like the pit. Uh mm-hmm. because you're just bouncing off the walls and like tacking off the ceiling and stuff. So you're like living till three hundred percent. People are like flying super fast. Okay, so let's see. Serious stage. Uh, funny enough, uh, I guess my serious stage and my f- for funsies stage are really one and the same. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Saffron City. I don't care mm. when and how. I don't care if there's two players. I don't care if there's eight. Like I will play that stage from here until the cows come home because there's so many weird, unexpected things that happen in that stage from just you know a bunch of people fighting on a particular building and you're always nervous whether you're gonna fall off or people ledge trumping each other when there's like eight people messing around on it like (laughs) we are right now in smash brothers ultimate so it's um it's really fun i i definitely like that one that's that's gonna be my favorite but if you really want to get all serious i mean do you really have to choose not anymore right true because you can do battlefield forms and everything so why not? Uh, oh, but I will say that once you see more of um, of Simon Belmont stage, Dracula's Castle, that has by far got some of the most like just the coolest stuff that goes on in the background and how it how it just kind of happens organically as you fight. Uh, and also, we always yell the word candlestick every time <laughs> we're trying to trying to get items. So there's, that's been really fun. Uh, just pick a bright character because it can get dark on the edges sometimes. Mm, okay. So yeah, pick a bright character on that stage so you can see where you are. Or pick a dark one if you know where you are and so everyone has a hard time trying to find you. Right. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. That, in the video, that looked great. Um, but I'm, since I pretty much only play for fun, I'm going to say um, I've got three that came to mind. Uh, Spirit Train. Um, okay. I liked it on the 3DS game and I especially like uh, how much better it looks in uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, also, Princess Peach's Castle I, I have a lot of fun with. Um and so the Super Mario Maker um, stage, ah. uh, mostly because I just love all things Mario, and I love Super Mario Maker, and I like uh, how it kind of c- continuously changes throughout the the fight. Mm-hmm. Those are good picks, man. Yeah, those are really good picks. Oh, wow, okay, I feel just pretty wanna, good then. Just wanna give you kudos. This for is that, that welcoming competitive uh, competitive community you guys yes. were talking. That's about. right. We're all hey, man. Just gotta stay positive and be with us, man. <laughs> That's why you gotta come. You gotta come out. There's no excuse now. Even if you play for fun, come out. Just go to a tournament, dude. I definitely will. I'll let Definitely you know when there's one nearby. There's a couple. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, was, I was kind of targeting Evo, but yeah, I'm up for whatever. Oh, I got you covered. We'll, we'll right. talk after this, Chris. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about the uh, the recent announcements for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at that Nintendo Direct earlier this month, uh, here in August, there was a lot of new information. And I just wanted to get... Um, your guys' reaction, um, Tove, maybe I think you and I both saw a lot of this stuff for the first time together. JC, maybe from more of your reaction when you first heard about some of these things. Um, and I'm just going to run down the list here, starting with um, the two brand new characters, um, Simon Belmont and King K. Rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the reaction to, to either, JC, again, in your case, finding out about these or like with us seeing them in the trailer? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> King K. Rule is super hype. I remember, uh, well, I remember watching Nairo's stream where he his reaction was so perfect. Oh, but, uh, it was because it was like the fake. It was like the fake announce where it's like, oh wait, what's going on? It's just DDD, and it's like, ah, he's actually in the game. Um, yeah, that's dude. You know, it's so funny. Just as a as a side note, 
Um, the like the original character. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter, but the original character designer of King K. Rule, and he was just like, uh, like he was talking about how like, oh my god, like you know, um, when I named King K. Rule and like I didn't put that much thought into his name, and now here we are, like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's like he he's such he's like he's he's still you know he's still being put into new games and like uh he's like such a staple now and he's such a, I, I think people were like crazy hype for him i think one thing that people were really psyched about is that like all of his moves are really really like painstakingly kind of ported over from stuff he actually does in the games yeah i mean that's definitely a, a trademarks uh you know mr yeah, sakurai sure. detail yeah. he will never just put in a character for the sake of a character mm -hmm. he will take into account where has where has he been right what does he look like what has he done how how should he really feel as a character and really staying true to the character and the ip and the dedication of the people that love that character for who they are so when they appear in the game they really are the character that they're playing it doesn't feel like someone completely different so um yeah that's totally the case um but uh i guess as far as me finding out yeah i was a little surprised but at the same time, my mind is always in work mode. So even <laughs> though I find out about it, could it be anyone, especially King K. Rule, I was like, okay, what do you need to do? Where's the, you know, when are we announcing this? Where's it going to be? What is the, what is it? Is there going to be a video? Like, are we going to do a trailer for highlights on his moves? I'm always thinking in a work sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a little part inside of me going, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I have to keep it reserved. You know, I just have to always... You know, maybe on the outside, I'm like super professional. Like, okay, well, you know, where are we doing with this? What's the information going to be like? On the inside, I'm probably just like screaming at the top of my lungs. So, so really during that meeting it. in the treehouse, you don't just hop up on the table and just start doing fist pumps. You know, just going, yes. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. I don't jump on the table, but uh, I do take a deep sigh if I'm excited about something or whether it's good or bad news. I just take a really deep sigh and go, huh, okay, let it get out in that one little moment. I'm like, okay, think. <laughs> right to put my brain to work so yeah all right well out of the uh the three echo fighters that were announced um richter belmont crom dark samus which were the which was the one for each of you that uh that popped off the most probably crom because like i think it was really funny how uh all the crom fans were like really wanted crom and smash bros for uh smash bros for wii u uh they were like no he's an assist trophy and uh yeah i don't know I'm, I'm I'm happy for those guys that they got they finally got their wish and he's like a playable character now. Yeah, especially going back to that uh, reveal video for Robin in the last game where Crom said, "Oh, maybe I'll get my chance yeah. next time." Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it paid wow, off. Good Wait, memory. Was like, he even I in a trophy? Uh, actually, or was I, he just like not even? He was just in that trailer. I think he was just in the. I don't think he was even in the trailer. Was he? Or no, no, he, no, was, he in was in the trailer. trailer yeah, but he wasn't. I can't. I don't think he was in his trophy. Was he? Yeah, no, he was. I, just, I get that my was just in the pre-rendered part. You know where the the, the CG part oh, of the trailer. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I remember yeah. now. Okay. And so it was um, literally like, ha, like Krom's not gonna be in the game. And it was like, <laughs> oh wow, that yeah, that yeah. hurts. That's. That's okay. He's fine now. Yeah, right? it panned out. It's, yeah, he, it panned he, out uh, fine. Yeah. Sometimes you you hear, you know, well, maybe next time, and you think, well, it's never going to happen. But it happened. So, yep. you know. Yeah, good for everyone out there, man, yeah. having that stuff. But, uh, oh, uh, for me, let's see. Um, I don't know if it was Crom. I actually think I'm really excited for Daisy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even before even before the most recent announcements, the one before we start talking about Daisy, Daisy's always been one of those characters where, like, I wish she would appear more in stuff just because, you know, I want to be part more of the core Super Smash Brothers like lore because she's always mentioned in other things and trophy yeah. texts and stuff before. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, hey, she's she's playable and she there's daisies 
everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Good for her. I, yeah, I agree. and I'm, you know, you're happy. It's so funny. We, we're saying we're saying good for her for inanimate characters that are fictional characters. Uh, I know. Like, good for her. Good for She's mom. You made it, buddy. It's yeah. like good for Daisy. You made it, girl. Good job. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you're you're happy for them. Maybe that's just us being fans, which is. I, mean, I think when a character fun. gets added, it's not just um, you know the potential of that character in the game. I think you know for someone who's been playing these games a long time and grew up with a lot of these characters, I think when someone like Daisy's added, you know, that's almost like a, um, it's almost like someone reaching out and telling me like, Hey, I remember super Mario land uh, on game boy as well. So it's like that connection. Like, you know, there's a, like, Hey, I see you. And you know, we both remembered and loved these same things. So I, I think for me, that's one of the fun things about seeing some of these more surprising characters make it. It's just like, Hey, it wasn't me that just, it wasn't only me that remembered that character. And obviously Daisy's been around in a lot of, um, like sports games and stuff, but to have this kind of uh, opportunity to, to do something totally different that, again, in, in a franchise like this really harkens back to the whole legacy of a character is just really special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now moving beyond characters, some of those other announcements. So we're starting to run out of time a little bit, so I'm going to start jamming some of these together. Sheer volume of things. I mean, we've got over a, a 100 stages, 300 if, if you include um, the Battlefield and Omega Forms. Um, they're all available from the start. Um, you've got Stage Morph was added. And then you talk about music, too. Again, the volume, um, uh, approximately 900 compositions that you could listen to for more than 28 hours. Um, you're able to select uh, tracks by series now, and you can also you know, even use the system as a portable music player. It's just that volume of, of content. Um, you know, what, what jumps out at you with regards to the stages, the music, everything that's being added to the game? Uh, for me right now, like what I'm doing is uh, I've been just plugging in my my work nintendo switch system and just playing it in my headphones <laughs> like <laughs> and i've been doing that a lot and just listening to all the all all the music in it so i'm really jazzed about just hopping around to different music pieces i'm a big music fan so listening to all the different like who composed this and i could take a look at some of the notes inside and see who who helped arrange the piece and where it's originally from um, and some of these pieces I've never heard before just because there's, you know, there's so many. There's no way, like, do I remember this? Have I ever heard it before? And so it's kind of exploring a whole new, you know, a whole new soundtrack that I've kind of rehearing for the first time again. So that's that's really gotten me jazzed. And I'm just really happy to be able to dance around the soundtrack and just find stuff and new gems that I never noticed. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, my answer is going to be different because you have your hands on. You and know, I'm maybe not access. not fair. Sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm in the dark along with everyone else. Yeah, but uh I don't know. I I I um I definitely remember like listening to uh a lot of the music from the uh, like especially the Super Smash Bros Brawl soundtrack when that came when that game came out because like that was the first game that had like, you know, you could customize how much you listen to a certain song on a certain stage, things like that. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm definitely also super like hype about the soundtrack and um yeah, 28 hours is a long time. You could do <laughs> You could like, I remember. Um, yeah, you 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 could you could actually just like sit there and like stream. I'm thinking of like you could do like a twenty four well, twenty eight hour stream, just like listening to the whole soundtrack. Yeah, JC, I know things must be you know getting into crunch time on the game, but I hope you never are having work days where you can go through the complete, uh, you know, list and then have it loop back over again. Uh, that would be me sleeping at work <laughs> underneath my desk or something. But, uh, no, it's, it's good. I, even if it does, it just loops while I'm not even there. So it's yeah. fine. I'll just keep it on permanent play. Yep. Well, moving on to modes and settings, you had classic mode, uh, the original kind of classic modes coming back. Stamina battle is now a, um, a main mode. 
uh, Final Smash meter, Squad Strike, Tourney Mode, Smashdown, that uh, crazy new uh, training environment where you can kind of see the uh, launch trajectories and things like that, and then revealing the main menu for the first time. Um, a lot of stuff there. Um, again, what, what kind of leaps out to you guys uh, out of all that? Yeah, I know a lot of people that are going to be really excited about like having that sort of, what, 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 I don't know, it's like like debug feature almost where you can still, you know see what moves are going to send people flying at in different trajectories and things like that. Yeah, it's just a switch, actually. So if you go into training mode, it's going to be a switch for like show launch trajectory or Got flight you. path. I don't know what we're calling it, but something right, like right, that. Right. You just switch it on. Yeah. Yeah, I think like uh, things like features like that are going to like propel uh, like the competitive scene, I think, because you you know, just by having that, that information at your fingertips, instead of like having to like reason about it and figure it out like that, that's, that's going to be super cool. Um, and then, yeah, like, uh, like squad strike, right. And mm -hmm. like modes like that are really cool because we used to sort of improvise those. Well, we still do in like super smash brothers melee with like crew battles, you know, we basically improvise those. Um, and you know, we have to start new matches each time, but it's like kind of a similar concept. Um, so like seeing that kind of become a like top level concept in the game where it's like actually playable, um, is, uh, yeah, that's like, that's like, for me, it's, it's like, it feels like almost like a nod to the competitive community. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. I think my favorite, uh, my favorite two modes by far, uh, number one is going to be, uh, squad strike, uh, squad strike has a lot of, a lot of viability to me in the competitive scene. And even if you're not competitive, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a complete different way to think about the game. Because, you know, similar to other traditional fighting games that have, like, multi-characters and, like, forming a team and stuff like that, you have to think about what your abilities are for each of those characters when you go in. And when you pick those characters, you have to know that you're at least competent in one of them. So you have maybe two of them that are kind of your subs. They're not really your main characters. And you come out and you have <laughs> your main character as your anchor. And if you're really good with that character, do you lead off with that? You can choose your order. Like, there's a lot of strategy and kind of a metagame that goes along with it that I think is going to be really surprising. So I wouldn't... I would definitely recommend people take a hard look into doing like 3v3 matches and for it to become a legitimate like uh, tournament mode in the competitive mm -hmm. scene because there is some serious uh, and it's one continuous battle it moves very quickly each of the characters can have a certain amount of stocks and you just go in it's one full battle and you can do you know first of threes or whatever first of twos you know yeah. so yeah I think that's going to be one uh, the second one I, the second game mode is smash down and Smashdown is really cool because I think it mimics an Iron, almost like an Iron Man kind of, uh, you know, tournament thing. Mm -hmm. I guess where people can play a bunch of players and then, you know, you just try to accumulate wins as much as you can with certain characters. So having having said that, you know, if you go back and take a look at the Nintendo Direct where we talked about in detail how that works and the fact that you can't repeat characters and you're kind of keeping score on how, like, how much you survive or how many KOs you got with those characters it changes a lot for a nice little exhibition match or even just fun amongst your friends. And I think that's very different. And I think it changes the experience enough to where, you know, I'll, I'll probably spend a couple of weeks just playing those two modes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It certainly seems that there's a lot of options now. And, and the thing that popped off to me too is um, the final smash meter, which I think sounds really interesting. It's a little bit more predictable, something that you can kind of bake into your strategy more than, than having the smash ball appear. So I'm really interested to try that out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think people are, uh, yeah, people, there's been a lot of discussion about the final smash meter, yeah, like I've how read. that's going to pan out in competitive <laughs> or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a really cool idea. Cause like for a long time, even when, you know, 
because with when when Brawl came out, which was the first version of the Final Smashes, and people were like, oh, so these are kind of like supers and like you know traditional fighting games, and now like you know you can play with it such that they pretty much are. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting for people to take a look at that Final Smash um, and like the meter, and really to assess how it builds and things like that, and like take a look at the parameters of it when it when the game launches. Uh, I do agree that is probably a little bit more toward the casual side. For me, I think it'd be just because of the, you know, in traditional fighting games, two people can actually use their supers one after another, and it's really enclosed. But then you're talking about, you know, reducing a, an energy meter or, or like a health gauge to zero, and that's the winning concept where this is not the case. Right. And so if you can instant KO some things, it may not be that balanced depending on the character. So, I mean, definitely a good thing we should take a look at. I think yeah, the entire yeah, community yeah. should really take a good look at um, but also not, you know, not uh, just write it off just yet. So right, I would imagine you could also turn the meter on and then play stamina mode to have it the health kind of get more go down to zero. You could more straight traditional. You very much could, and so you have yeah, you could totally do that. That's mm -hmm. that's definitely viable. Cool. Well, I could talk about this game forever, um, but I don't want to keep you guys here forever. Um, then we have to start playing the music and see how many tracks we get through. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> but before we go, I do really want to quick just touch on some games that are coming out uh, in game forecast here. Um, games that are coming out um, over the course of the next month. On Nintendo Switch, we have Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on August 28th. The Messenger on August 30th. Freedom Planet also on August 30th. SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy on September 7th. And Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torna the Golden Country on September 21st. Valkyria Chronicles 4 on September 25th. FIFA 19 on September 28th. And we have a couple of Nintendo 3DS titles. Yo-Kai Watch Blasters Red Cat Core on September 7th. And Yo-Kai Watch Blasters White Dog Squad also on September 7th. Any uh, one of those titles kind of uh, jump out to you guys as ones you're looking forward to? I definitely have one. Um, I'm a big, big uh, Monster Hunter fan, so Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Uh, I'm really trying to get through Octopath uh, <laughs> really, really fast <laughs> and try to hurry it up just because I know this game is on the horizon and all my fellow hunters out there, I need, I need, I need people to hunt with. So if you want to hunt together, I am, I'm, I'm ready to hunt. I'm not that great, but I got a killer hunting horn that will buff you really well. Mm. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, I, I actually like never really got in the Monster Hunter franchise. Really? But, like, I like I'm didn't. Surprised. I know, right? Because like I knew that if I started, I would be like extremely hooked. I can already tell it's like one of those games for me, dude. You are gonna love it. I'm telling you. You should just give it a shot. I'll check it out. You really I'll should. I'll check it out. I'll yeah. check it out. Uh, for me, I mean, I think I want to check that out as well. But for me, the one that, that I really have been looking forward to is The Messenger. Ever since I believe uh, it was first shown on one of our Nindy Directs a while back. Um, it's a, like an 8-bit um, ninja style game that can turn into a 16-bit style ninja game, uh, depending on the circumstances of the game. A lot of platform jumping and old school kind of hack and slashing. So I can't wait for that game. Yeah, I'm probably going to play that for yeah. sure. Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much again for both coming on the show, taking the time, and I uh, look forward to playing some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with you guys down the road. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us, Chris. Cool. Much appreciated. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.